Hey love, you're listening to the Luxury of Self-Care podcast. I'm your host, Anastasia. Each week, I'm recharging you with tips and engaging conversations, reminding us that finding luxury in our lives begins with taking care of the most important thing, Y-O-U. It takes persistence and spunk to be successful, but instead of living to work, let's work to live. You up for it? My answer is a clangorous, vociferous yes. All right, everyone, gird your loins. Ready to party. And for one moment, you get this amazing gift. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming. What, like it's hard? If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. So today I'm so excited to have like a later in the afternoon launch because as you can see, I'm joined, well, you'll be hearing this, but I'm live and in person joined with one of my girlfriends, Chelsea Clark, who is literally like, I don't know, I think the only other person that understands my goofy laughter, like we'll just go off of things and never judge it. We'll just keep going with it and keep going further and further down the rabbit hole of ridiculousness. But Chelsea is such an amazing, talented dancer. Last, she was seen performing in the Cabaret Tour. And she was really good in that because I got to go see her in it twice. Should have seen it three times, but I got to see her twice in it. She's just a rock star, amazing dancer, fabulous singer, great actress. Miss Chelsea Clark, welcome to the podcast. So bright for you. <laughs> <laughs> Who was your character again on... On Cabaret, I couldn't remember. Um, Lulu. Lulu. That was my girl. Diddly diddly. Yeah. <laughs> always a little high. She was always a little high. Yeah. With sunken in cheeks. Yeah. You guys all had that, like, very distinct, very like, entertained. On the verge of death. On the verge of death. Yeah. Maybe you sleep upside down like bats. You Maybe. Know. I don't know. Was that requi- a requirement? So being on, like... A tour, I can only imagine. Was that like an, a requirement for you guys to like have a specific makeup, or was it just? Yeah, it was part of our makeup plot. Um, so we had to do the same makeup plots from the Broadway cast. So we got the Bible for our makeup, and that included wearing um, false eyelashes on our bottom lashes too. Yeah, you did. Your your eyes were like popping from the balcony when yeah. I saw it. But it didn't, I wasn't, I think from the audience, it's not as aggressive as you may think it is when you're in the first row or like off stage. Oh, yeah. No, we looked like clowns afterwards. So when you went out for an event after the show. Oh, I I just left it on. You kept on the bottom lash. Oh, yeah. I got in a bar fight (laughs) with my bottom lashes still on. Wait, hold on. Back up a bar fight. When was this? We were in Washington, D.C. And so mind you, our act one makeup is different from our act two makeup. So act one is like color, like you're actually a showgirl in Nazi Germany and you don't quite know how to apply your rouge. It's like pinks and, and blues and, and then for act two, you have to do um, a white mat over your makeup because we go into the gas chamber they want us to look. Right. Um, then as we're playing the second act was the orchestra. And so I went out like that. <laughs> Washington, D.C., and my mom was in town. Wait, you went into a bar fight with your mom? Oh, about my mom. <gasps> what? And I have never reacted that way in my life. And um, so, long story short, we went to this bar. The same, I guess maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> bar unknown. <laughs> bar not named. JFK is what this was like. And... So we had, there were probably three tables of our, of our uh, cast were already there. So probably around a healthy 25 of our cast was already there. So crazy. And me and my mom showed up late because... Because you had to, to fix the glue on your bottom lashes. The glue just so I could <laughs> continue to scare the people of Washington, D.C. when I went out. And so she wanted to change, and then I changed, and so we showed up late. So we were sat just slightly separate from the other three tables. Um, And these two bros came in 
and I just saw them look around the joint and I saw the waiter offer them a table on the other side of the restaurant and he looked at my table and requested the table next to us. So I was like, that's interesting because the, the rest of the dining area was pretty empty mm-hmm. and the bar was full, full, um, including my stage manager and company manager. Oh, jeez. So, did you get fired? <laughs> um, and so he sat down, and um, it was one of our older cast members' birthdays. So her best friend in our show, who was one of the leads, stood up and gave a speech. Mm-hmm. It's very clear by us talking, just us being alive and breathing in the space. It was a bunch of liberals. So we, like, listened to the speech, but the way the tables were laid out, he didn't know that we were a part of the crew. Okay. So when she sat down, he looked over at our table, which was just barely separate. So it was two tables you can push together to four topics and separate. So there's probably only eight inches in between our table and his. So he looks over at our table and he goes, liberals, am I right? (laughs) So dry. Yeah. And my mom just, she's like, oh. She can throw down, but like she's very quiet. Like, well, you know, we're we're yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna keep to our side of the table. She just like tried to brush it off. Mm-hmm. And then something came up again, and he tried to engage us again about some comment about liberals or Democrats. So then I jumped in, and I was like, "Look, like we're trying to enjoy our night. Please." And I just I said, "Please just keep your conversation to your side of the table, and we're gonna stay on ours." Yeah. Just like that. It's very calm and very looked back at my mom. And then he did it a third time. <laughs> and so I'm there's a booth that I'm sitting in with his buddy and then he's chair side, same side as my mom. So he does it again. And she looks over and she goes, Look, like I, I don't want to hear an audacity again. Like we're trying to enjoy our meal. Um, can you please just we just don't want to engage on this topic because he kept making political comments. Looks at my mother in the eyes and says, Well, it looks like you haven't skipped a meal in quite a while. And then he looks across the table at me and he goes, And you too. I blacked out. <laughs> Apparently, I like a like a, a tiger cat mounted the table <laughs> and there were key phrases thrown out by my person, including me waving a double bird in his face, saying, Not today, son! <laughs> Is like, it so bad that I can literally figure, like, I can imagine this? Like I thought I was Schmitty from New Girl in a bar fight. Wearing Not today, son! Wearing eyelashes on my bottom lashes, double birding in this guy's face, saying, Not today, son! On repeat. And, um, and I blacked out. And I had a series of very choice statements that I was saying to him. And uh, one of them was, you know, what did you say to her? You mess with her, you mess with me. And I'm like, table side, like face, like face to face. And I didn't this realize. This was pre-masks, by the way. Pre-masks. <laughs> and I realized all 25 of my cast members, when they, when they, realized I wasn't kidding because at first they were like oh she's kidding with this guy and they were like oh no like she's about to pop off and because I've never reacted like that ever no they all surrounded me and next thing I feel I'm like I was never gonna hit him but I being held back so I just feel Tommy tugging at my arm (laughs) and Kendall comes around and she's like do they need to go? And I was like, oh, they need to go. <laughs> they need to go. And I'm like holding eye contact with him. Everyone is circling around him. And then he's like, oh, fuck, she's not alone. So there's like 30 of us surrounding <laughs> the table. The manager runs over because he knows we're all with the Broadway right. tour. And so the manager is like trying to whisper in his ear like, you, you, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. And so finally, after multiple, not today, son, like, you messed with the wrong, I'm like, yes, tequila, "Ah." tequila moment. I had one glass of wine, too. So, and then Tommy, sweet boy, had been grabbing my arm. And so at one point, the friend looks up and goes, well, I didn't do anything. And Tommy, I just remember feeling like he was like this weird little whack-a-mole from like, um. Oh, from the game? Yeah. 
pops around. He goes, guilty by association. <laughs> and then goes back blind. <laughs> so anyway. Guilty by association. Guilty by association. So the censorship finally realizes, I'm not actually going to stop talking until you leave this restaurant. I think at one point I was like, take the trash out. Like, there was some sort of weird statement I said. So finally he like gets up with his like, you know, boat shoes and his button up. And he walks out the whole bar staring at me. And so after he almost hits the door, I look down and his little friend, I think they've taken something, his friend is like slowly picking at their food. And I look down and I'm standing and I was like, and what are you still doing here? But he goes, I didn't do anything. And I went, follow your boy. <laughs> like I'm in some weird like 90s baseball movie. Follow your boy, son. The field's that way, dude. So yeah, that was my birthday. Man, I love that story. I don't think yeah. I've ever heard that one. Oh, what a gem. Oh, and I was going to say, did we lose a lash at all during the... Did we lose a lash? Showgirl <laughs> kept her composure visually. They're probably looking at you guys, though. Like, I do feel like when you go out after a show, which we did our fair share of together as well, and we'll get into that, but, like, it, it is funny. Like, you don't remember. It's just, like, it's on your face. You're this living, breathing, full-beat human mm-hmm. when you're in a show, and you kind of forget that you look just a little over-ridiculous. Like, even the Kardashians with the contouring and the lashes and what they've made popular these days, it's still a little much. Well, and it's doubled with... <laughs> So then it's like, you look up top, you're like, ooh, party on the top. I'll cheers to that. Party on the top. Rinse troll on the bottom, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what I'm going to get a sip in, but we are drinking, so we're cheersing to your bar fight, (laughs) double lash and all. So yeah, that was the time I almost uh, drew blood because someone called my mother fat. Well, hands down to that. And your mother is like the sweetest lady ever. Mm -hmm. She came over to my place um, when we did a show together. So that was kind of... Where we met was here in Lancaster, which we're in now, literally a block from here, where we are currently residing at the Fulton, doing a little ditty with supercalifragilisticexpialidocious involved. Magical, magical land. Yeah, that was a really fun show. We had a really, we had a really strong cast filled with a lot of people that did or had already done a lot of great things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Never ceases to amaze. Yeah. And his choreography choreography was great. Um, he did a flip-flop. There was two prominent numbers in Mary Poppins that we all know. It's like up on the rooftop at the end of the show, the finale with Step in Time, and then Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Say that 20 times fast, which was probably the way that I should have known if I was too drunk for a bar fight. <laughs> but, but to flip that back, I feel like that what one was typically like a different type of number was an armography number on Broadway. And then Step in Time was a tap number. Well, he flip-flopped the two. So it was kind of fun for us to be able to do a jazz version of Step in Time and a tap version of Super Cal, which was super hard. Yeah. And we were like tapping our little taps away and like playing with these little signs that we had with different letters on them to spell it out over and over again. I mean, I feel like we drill sergeant that number. Mm -hmm. It was super fun. And I had on that bright purple wig with the cheeks. Yes. Mm -hmm. I would, I would rock that. I think I could go out in that outfit. That would have been fun. Purple hair. What do we think? Purple hair. But yeah, we went doing that and my favorite memory of Chelsea during that time was this was the air and the new age of Instagram. Uh-huh. It was really yeah. when it started uh-huh. back when there was only like a few likes and stuff per post, which is still my typical norm, only a few likes per post. That's <laughs> no. I think it's interesting the posting and the engagement and stuff, but I laugh when I post something and I'm like <laughs> Four likes when you first posted things and we didn't know about hashtags or comments or whatever when the beginning and I'm sitting with Chelsea and like a group of people and I was like okay I need to come up with like a fun unique name for Instagram 
These are like some of my fun Chelsea gems that I'm about to like lay on you. Are you ready for them? So this one was me, Joseph Fierceberg, yeah. <laughs> um, and you, and I think Blake was there too. I know. And Danny McHugh, of course. So I was thinking it was like the five of us and we're sitting there and I was like, I think a fun name for me would be like, do you remember those quotes, the little bunnies that would be like, I love you. <laughs> I'm like, do you remember those? It was like, I love you. And it was like, instead of like, I love you, it was like, I. Yeah. Yeah. Irma Gerd. Irma Gerd. And I, I love you. So I thought it would be witty. To, to do Albert, you love me. <laughs> I was like, you have to remember this. And I was like, how would I do Albert, you love me? And everyone was like, no, that is not a fucking name. Like Chelsea goes, that's a hard pass. And this was also the era of, this was also the era of the infamous swipe right, swipe left. This was like in its prime. Yes, absolutely. For the apps. And Chelsea always used this term when making a profile or talking about someone else's profile. You're leading with that? <laughs> Are we leading with that? And that's what your reaction was to oh me with Albert me. You're like, we're leading with that? <laughs> and thank God, I think it was Joseph who came in and was like, I, I mean, what about like rumor in St. Petersburg, like from the Universal film Anastasia, like yeah, the opening like number? And I was a like, Relating with that? <laughs> but I do remember all of your famous Tinder dates and us constantly updating your profile pictures to make sure you were leading with the proper terms. And you were definitely into the 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 burly men. Oh yeah. Bald, much to my mother's dismay. Mm-hmm. You like the bald ones and bald. and a good flannel. A good flannel. Sleeves, tattoos. Mm-hmm. You went on some good hot, you went on, I was vicariously living through you as a single lady, but. I will say, my um, career with the swipes. <laughs> my career? I had all of, uh, I will say, one guy, I honestly thought that there were hidden cameras. Um, the date was so awful, and he was so awful. Um, I remember that, I remember that. I really one, and every, I got super lucky. I had really amazing men. Yeah. Even if it was just one date, I had the best time. I feel like you met some really good people on those as well. Yeah. And I was always like, she's rocking it. But I was working like two jobs still while in the show. So every once in a while, I still had to like go work at White House Black Market or like shake up a cocktail or two over at Mm -hmm. the place I was bartending. But yeah, we, we went out a lot. I remember Chelsea like winged me. I'll call it that. Yeah. And because I was living, I was like local and I was, I wasn't local, but my family lived here. So I opted to live with them. Yeah. And so I never felt quite like in the group because you, you socialize and you do all those things when you're like in a group with people. And, and we lived in the Fulton housing together. Which so. we kind of passed today on our walk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So pretty. It was haunted. Mm-hmm. Haunted. But it was haunted. I remember that. I think I'd been over there a couple times and also every time I went over, you can actually pick it up for this shot, but every time I went over, Chelsea always had a a nice little box of deliciousness. On tap. On tap. Photo box. And on Sundays, we slap the bag because Mondays were dark. I've been watching Robin Herder. What's that? nominee, Robin Hurd. Oh. Plug. She is fantastic. And she... She likes the boda. She likes the boda. Yeah. Interesting. Her... It, it, for anyone listening, Robin Herder, just go watch her highlights. She's hysterical. <laughs> um, yeah. You did always have him, and I would come over, and I, I would sleep over usually because we'd be downtown, we'd be drinking, and like, you were a doll and didn't want me to drive home, and I probably shouldn't, so... I didn't, <laughs> and I would sleep over in your bed, and <laughs> what was that? What was that story? I burrito maybe burritoed the blankets at one point. No, you were still hung over in the morning, and I'm videotaping you, so stories aren't a thing yet on Instagram. Reels definitely aren't a thing yet. The old-fashioned. Yeah, when you put a video on, it was a post, <laughs> and 
It was Chelsea saying, um, Stasi. No, sorry. She also has a different nickname for me. It's Jelly Bean, which we'll get to. But um, she's like, Jelly Bean. This video, eyes closed, smiley face. Why every time you sleep over, you. She covers the blankets, burrito the blankets. <laughs> and it's. I, I've definitely been told that from Doug. Doug calls it that I starfish in bed. And I was like, yeah, we should just get a king bed because I've been sleeping in a queen for too much of my life by myself. And I like to sleep in an L or a starfish or a burrito. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, roll with the blankets, a burrito blanket. I felt so bad, but it's like winter and it's cold. And I think that's what it was. But yeah, when we. I just feel like I met you and it was like this energy and this light and this like fulfillment for life. Chelsea is also one of those people that hands down will in the middle of summer, in the middle of winter, in the middle of any season, just take her shoes off in Manhattan and just walk around on the street barefoot. I thought this was going to be like she'll drop everything to be by her (laughs) side. She would drop everything to be by her side. she's in danger for her own life no matter what the season is. Oh, tetanus shot? Who cares? I'll walk barefoot. No, she'll always do that. And I know some people are like really weirded out by, I have some friends that are like, I will not even wear sandals in New York City. And Chelsea is just like, you're just, I mean it to the sense of you're such a free spirit. Yeah, I in like a good way. Just, I yeah, I feel like you have. But you did used to do that. Yeah. I just want to take my shoes off and feel the earth. <laughs> just okay. walk and just walk around barefoot. <laughs> high heels on on finger you have to put your shoes on before you come into the bar okay yeah but we would go out to bars that I had never even been to a lot of um bar bars like you're down for the like I don't know what they're like what do they call dive bars you're down for a dive bar quips Yeah. yeah, we used to go to, we did quips, and my mom's like, oh, it's a smoky there. And it's like, they smoke out on the porch and stuff like that. But it is cute. It's like got the cute little, like, booths and stuff. And since you've come back, which what restaurants are your favorite here in Lancaster now? Or what are you excited to try? Oh, um, I actually want to try Foster again. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like, I have to love check Double hours. C. Double C was great. Shout out, please go there. I'm sorry, I just like screamed in the microphone. <laughs> but what is the one we were just talking about? The one across the street from Marcus. Oh, say la vie. Say la vie. We had a great time there. Which is Velvedere's. And then I gotta take you to the horse inn because I finally went there and that's mm-hmm. so cute. We had many a night at Dipco back mm-hmm. in the day. And then there's another one that's like off of orange. Was it Telus? Did you like Telus? Three six? I like Telus. Mm-hmm. I like all the bars here. What's the one off of Orange? It was like an Irish pub. Molly's. Probably, yeah. I feel like we went there once or twice. There's a park in front of it, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're really good. They had a couple different owners that came through. But it's been interesting, like, revisiting Lancaster. Because, obviously, I, I wasn't old enough to go to the bars when I left here. But when I came back for holidays, mm-hmm. I would go into certain places. And the, the places just evolved. But... Chelsea's famous statement every time she comes to Lancaster is she's going to blow her wad. And I do. And she does. So, like, that's why I had to call today's episode blowing my wad because every time I'm with her, it's like, you're blowing your wad for drinking. We're blowing our wad financially. We're blowing our wad on treat yourself and get whatever you want. But you, I didn't even know that this was something that you coined. I just thought it was your famous term that you like to use. I mean... Yeah, I guess I say it more than I realize because you say my friend, I was out at Rockaway Beach and he was filming something in the ocean. He, we went out to watch the sunset and it's me and his fiance at the time. We were sitting in beach chairs talking, so we're off camera. And right towards the end of the video, in the background, you just were exchanging stories.
But every time I call it, that's like what it is. She's like, yes, I'm coming. And, and honey, I have been working overtime shifts nonstop, saving my cash. I'm ready to blow my wad. <laughs> I feel like it sounds like Samantha, like from <laughs> Sex in the City. So like you've aggressive. got the cigar in your hand, like, honey, I'm gonna come blow my wad. <laughs> All over your <laughs> All over your town. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, sure. But I've never thought of it in a sexual manner. I always just think of it like Chelsea's ready to come throw down with yeah. her cash. Oh, yeah, we do have a piece here today. That, I bought a fur coat. That she left here all winter long and has come back now to claim. Because I, I blew my wand so hard that my luggage was at capacity. We've reached our limit. No more carry ons. Oh, perfect. Also, you're actually really good at this. Way better than I am. I'll never forget this. So again, going back to like the Tinder times, <laughs> we'll call them the era of Tinder, which still exists. But like when you were on Tinder and you were going to like meet up with people or you're going on dates, like you had gone on the train a couple times. Mm -hmm. And I've seen you also like come over to my house to sleep over and I am not, nor ever will I be a minimalist. Like, I'm just, it's just not my strength. Mm -hmm. I've accepted it. Doug, unfortunately, has accepted it. I will have three suitcases per vacay. Like, it's just a thing. Mm -hmm. And you are always so good at, like, she'll be like, yeah, I'm sleeping over. Like, you just brought your purse. <laughs> are you sleeping over? Do you have contact solution? Do you need face wash? Do you have a toothbrush? What about clean underwear? Clothes for tomorrow? Like, you've always, but Your I remember. <laughs> <laughs> What's in that Mary Poppins bag of yours? <laughs> but like, I remember you would always leave and you're like, yeah, I got my cute little overnight bag. And I always think of you. I'm like, I'm going to be like Chelsea. I got my cute little overnight bag. And then that bag is like. <laughs> like and the suitcase behind me still like it never works I think you would go to like you got this really cute green turtleneck mm -hmm. do you remember the green turtleneck do you yes, still have it the sweater mm -hmm. um from a thrift store here and you left wearing that brought yourself an extra pair of underwear a toothbrush I guess mm -hmm. whatever you whatever else you brought in your bag some like makeup in your bag mm -hmm. And you were like, yeah, I just changed my underwear and then rewore the, the, that with like the Lululemon pants and wore high heels. And you were like, and then I had a tank underneath that. That was bedwear. And then I just threw back on the green thing and then came back home. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> but I love that. I wish I could do that. Yeah. When did you pick up this like trait or have you always done that? Mm. So I would leave school, and I'd either go to dance class, or I just had to pare down, because everything had to fit in my backpack. Right. Or, yeah, doing shows. I started when I was 10, professionally. And so you just, like, your station was minimal stuff, and I would come from school. I guess that's where it probably started. That makes sense, though. Yeah, I was not good like that. <laughs> I, was, I had, like, all the different bags. Even when I was in New York when I met friends that were New Yorkers and were doing the audition scene as non-equity, knowing that series of waking up at 4 or 5 a.m., going down, signing a fake sheet, waiting around, am I going to get seen, having to go to work, having to do all the things, and living all the way uptown because that's all we could afford, mm -hmm. or, you know, off the island, they were like, would open up, even down to like my book, they would open up my like book and they would be like, mm, this song and this song is the same, pick one. Dumb, no, you don't need this. And they were trying to minimalize down what I brought with me every day. And I was like, yeah, but what if I go to this audition and then I like need my taps and then I'm down there and I don't have my tap shoes. And they're like, then you do soft shoe. Like you'll right. figure it out. And yeah. that's a big, strong if. So I had a lot of friends help me delete things from my bag. But I always envied you for that because I probably am going to have like, I don't 
don't know, some type of spinal problem by the time I'm 25. I'm already past that. <laughs> I'm just trying to pretend like I'm still oh, young. God, do you think you are? <laughs> no, but I'll probably have some like spinal issues by the time I'm like 50 because I've just packed down so much in my bag always. Sure. We'll just stretch it out, friends, all the time. Speaking of, like, just minimize, minimalizing down and everything, I know that you have had, you've experienced injury on the job. Mm-hmm. And, like, dealing with that as far as self-care and, like, understanding what what that's like. So, first of all, you go into an, a path of we, as a dancer, as a performer, we feel as if we are um, bulletproof. <laughs> sometimes Mm -hmm. and we push through pain and then sometimes we find ourselves coming out on the other end more injured than we really thought we were Mm -hmm. pushing through that pain but like we have to in order we have to care for ourselves and slow down which is something we also hate doing to come back to being able to continue on so for you you've experienced that more than once Mm -hmm. could you kind of speak on behalf of like what that experience was and how you found yourself taking care of yourself through the process of that. I thought it was just like a bone structure thing. Mm. And then um, tripped like a couple months later on stage over a part of our set piece and um, ended up tearing my hip labrum. So, um, I feel like me getting injured was just a little bit different because we all do crazy things with our bodies on stage, but mine was at like kind of a pivot point in my life because I was 30 Mm -hmm. and um, it for the first time because So I growl and double swing and said, what is this called? No, it's for James. Double bird. Double bird. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think having a large injury like that at 30, finally, all of my years of dancing professionally kind of caught up and was like, oh, yeah, this is aging. This is what this looks and feels like. Um, and then, as you know, my first surgery hold so I went in for I think seven procedures altogether I went in for my sixth procedure and it was supposed to just be a clearing of scar tissue mm-hmm. after our surgery and I woke up three and a half hours later and my surgeon told me and my parents he had to redo my hip all again because when he went in um, it had torn off the bone and it was back to where it was so um yeah, I became obsessed with giving myself ballet class at my physical therapy office in Irvine. You were, yeah. And I, I would go there and I would spend, it was like church for me. I would spend uh, three to four hours at PT just in the States having them work on me. And then I would give myself a ballet class or go into the corner and test my body in different ways. You're always good at taking ballet in New York though too. That's one thing that... I noticed in some of my friends, they were like, yeah, I'm going to take ballet class. And I was like, I would never go for a ballet class. But that's just not me. But also, like, for technique reasons, I can understand that I should have probably just done the strict thing so then I could enjoy the musical theater class just as much. But I think you went a lot. to classes that are higher energy, um, jazz classes, Yeah. Like absolutely yeah, you really did good though. I would always be like, Oh, you have Tony here. Like, I have a ballet class that I go to every day at this time, so I can't I can't meet you for drinks just yet, but I'll meet you for them afterwards. <laughs> but don't worry. Don't worry, honey. Save my spot. <laughs> I'll meet you there at six PM. <laughs> we'll still be in bed by nine. <laughs> That's getting old for you, but honestly a majority of the people that listen to the show are mostly women and it's mostly ages twenty eight to thirty five. 
So we can all understand hitting that 30 mark and not feeling quite like a spring chicken anymore. Yeah, so my soft character will do um, smaller movements, like rehabbing, starting with honestly like learning how to breathe properly. Oh, really? Because my hip would like lift and I would protect, but I would my diaphragm would raise because I'd be pulling my leg my femur into my hip bone to protect it because mm-hmm. it, it was, you know, I was in and out of surgery for two and a half years. So even just like learning how to breathe, I was like, I know how to breathe <laughs> to my PT. <laughs> and it felt so stupid. I was like, I'm elevated above this level. I got it. <laughs> I want to sprint. And so that was the difference for, yeah, getting injured at my age. What do you think you notice though, slowing down, which is something that we're so not used to doing as performers as city folk and just like our energies mm-hmm. um i actually had to kind of figure out what my hobbies were interesting because I, I didn't have all of my hours of the day living in new york city traveling and taking the subway to get to some place which most of the time involved hanging out with friends and doing mm-hmm. stuff so i actually had to sit down kind of figure out like I'm in this lazy boy for 12 hours a day when I'm not sleeping. Like, what do I actually like to do? Like, what do I actually like to watch? What do I actually like to read? What did you discover? Oh, what did I discover? Mm -hmm. I discovered I still am not attracted to animated films or TV shows. So we would never actually be able to be in a relationship. Super dark and twisty. My mom calls them how to kill your wife shows or like documentaries. Um, what else did I discover? Did you you uh, said I books paint. too? You painted, yeah. I'm pretty I'm pretty good at painting. I actually haven't seen any of your work. Um, I'll invite you to my gallery. Thank you. Um, Do you go into the name making? Do I see it? <laughs> you just gave me a moment of like. Okay, stove. What is what are you an appliance? <laughs> you like it gave me that look right there. I was like, oh. I'm using sunglasses. Is this Um, ma'am, you're the same person as before, just with sunglasses. <laughs> no, I'll have to see your paint paintings. Yeah. Because there's more than one. Mm-hmm. What books were you reading? You said you were reading then, right? What kind of books are you attracted to now? Okay. Right now, I'm rereading What Remains by Carol Radzivill. She was um, uh, uh, Kennedy. His name's escaping. Screw that. Um, <laughs> Carolyn Bissett and Kennedy, the one that died in the plane. He was the nephew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which nephew one? Nephew of JFK. Yeah. Um, and she was a... Uh, reporter for ABC with Tom Brokaw for years. Okay. She did some big projects, especially out in the Middle East. Now she's a Broadway housewife, but she's incredibly um, smart. So I'm rereading that book right now. Why World War II? I've always been attracted to that time period. Interesting. The Interesting that you did Cabaret too, just like yeah. in another world where, yeah. you know. Yeah. I've just always been attracted to books that take place during like Do you think it's the suppression or do you think it's the overcoming and like the end result, us knowing now what the end result was and watching all the struggle happening, like all the different things and the players that were involved, no matter what side you were on? Um, I think it's more, thinking about this, I feel like I was born in that time period. Oh yeah. Which is strange to say all that. So you just feel super connected. I feel super connected to it. I love that. And you're 
would you say you're a spiritual person on what regard? extreme trauma Mm -hmm. um, or extreme uh, or have wanted to express extreme gratitude I found myself reaching out even audibly saying out loud um, as a a bargaining mechanism yeah Um, when Rita was talking to her um and with my hip mm-hmm. um and then you know other times where i've been just overtaken with extreme relief and gratitude but i don't pray um so i, I, I saw- do connect with some sort of other worldly non-physical entity but it's not religious based yeah it's interesting how that is, I talked to my mom a little bit about that. Like, I love, I do enjoy going to church. Like, I, my dad will go to church. I'm sure he prays. I don't, he doesn't talk about it much, but like, I know he does. Whereas my mom won't go to church, but she prays. Mm-hmm. So she was asking me the one day, she's like, So do you wake up and pray to Buddha? And I was like, No, it's not like that. It's just mm-hmm. like I set my alarm and I wake up with the intention of choosing something positive for my day. Like Missy Clayton was just on and she was saying she wakes up every day and chooses joy. Mm-hmm. And I was saying like, I'll wake up in the morning. I'll, I'll be, I'll do some type of gratitude. And recently more often I actually push myself to make sure that I do it. But like, I'll do the meditation. I'll write something down in my gratitude journal. I will read a little bit and then I'll get up and do my day. And before that could have been like, the 6.30 or 6.15 alarm would go off and I would just be like, snooze, oh, cuddle with me, snooze, snooze, snooze. And I can still do all those things instead of pressing snooze and then finally getting up at 7.15, I can set the alarm for 6.30 and literally accomplish all those things in those 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's inter- It's not about praying. I get what you're saying and I am Catholic and I'm getting married in a church and all that, but I understand this like level of connection. Like you feel like you meet someone and – have you ever had um, an experience where you met somebody, maybe talk to them for an hour of your life or less and feel like they literally changed the way that you looked at things, like they changed your course? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 Like those are these little like spiritual nugget things where I'm like, was that meant to happen? Did we just connect or like were they sent on my path or mm-hmm. have they changed my path completely in this moment? It's interesting from the PT place that I chose and my physical therapist used to work on my um, the ballet company number that I grew up with so I chose it and workers comp approved it mm-hmm. and they also approved me having to take a lift and my lift rides would range anywhere from an hour and 15 minutes to sometimes three hours one way wow. just to get to PT because it was in it was close to LA it was Irvine so um, three times a week if not more I would have a different Lyft driver. I could have six to eight Lyft drivers every week. Mm. And most of the time, I would end up talking to them. I love a good driver. stories and hearing about their lives. Um, and there were a handful that really stuck out to me. Um, I should have started some sort of a blog about it because I just, like, I was so filled up with connecting with these humans that I was just sitting in their car
Yeah, it does. It's it makes it a little less scary to ask the question sometimes. Yeah, because I'm gonna go in. Right. So they could be. I had an ex. Um, he had been drafted by, like, not Phillies, but some big team, and he got super injured, a bigger injury than mine, and then he like lost his way for a little bit, and we just connected on stuff, and um, that was one of the ones that like really stuck out to me. Um, and yeah, I would leave, I would like shut that car and it was kind of like an emotional goodbye. Like, so thank you for driving me and also like, thank you for sharing kind it. of shifting our, shifting our perspective today. Yeah, it's interesting too, because I feel like um, I will do that. I used to do that a lot in Manhattan anytime I would be on my way to the airport. Because sometimes I am on my way to the airport and I just, like, it's so early and I just want to, like, do my thing and be quiet and, like, maybe listen to something while I put my makeup on and get there. And then other times I'm, like, I really do enjoy, like, hearing about the person and it's funny living in a big city like New York, like, people are still impressed with our stories sometimes. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, I'm in this big city and this person's, like, lives out in Queens and moved here with their family as a kid from like maybe another country or something like that. Just as just like one specific scenario I'm talking about. And he was like prying and I wasn't bragging, but he was, I was just sharing stuff that I did and slowly sharing more. And I was on my way to a dance competition too. And he's like, man, like, you know, when people say they moved to New York to like fulfill their dreams, like you're doing that. Mm -hmm. And it was so interesting to like hear that from someone. I was like, I am, I am doing it. Like thanks for the pep talk, you know, or, and then I've also had stories where I've never really shared anything and just learned so much about other people. But I do wonder, like, for people to take Ubers all the time and never even really talk to the person. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a human being up there, and I get it too. Sometimes that's your form of self-care is, like, I'm finally in a quiet car and I just need to stay to myself, which also I respect. Oh, yeah. There were many, still on my iPad, pretty much every trip I downloaded a different stand-up comedy special. That mm. was my thing that I discovered. Circling back, that was the thing I discovered. I you like stand-up comedy? Stand-up comedy. Oh, man. I eat them all up. So one, specials, Netflix. I watch them all. Who's, one, who's some of your top five comedians? Or three? Oh, I'm going to have Eliza Schlesinger. Number one. Um, oh. I used to really enjoy Chris D'Elia, but I don't have to really say anything personal to him. Oh. <laughs> oh gosh John Mulaney I really loved his Comeback Kids special um, uh, Tom Segura Okay For anyone who wants To tap in Eliza Sassinger Is so smart She's probably in Mensa She's got to be in Mensa She's so incredibly smart <laughs> um, but if you, if you kind of just want to, she makes you think. Okay. Um, but if you kind of don't want to think, but still tap in Tom Segura. Oh my goodness. Um, Ali Wong, her specials are really good. Uh, and there's this other guy, Joe Coy. Um, he's on HBO. And then there's another guy. There's like a comedy special page on HBO. And oh man, it's so worth going down that rabbit hole. That rabbit hole. Yeah, I never really got into the comedians. I remember I kind of did. Like I would watch stuff because people would be like, you should really watch the special. It's on Netflix. Like Aziz is hilarious. Or mm-hmm. you should watch... Um, what's the girl that's like really famous now that started with stand-up comedy, The Blonde... Um, who's, who did like the, she just, she does all these shows now where it's like, she makes fun of like being slightly overweight. Amy? Amy. Schumer. Schumer, yeah. Like she was really funny as stand up. Mm-hmm. I know, I, I feel like some people are just really good at that. That was some of the, that was probably one of the things that I didn't excel at in school for acting. Like I always wanted to play the serious stuff. Um, or like the love scenes or whatever and what's funny is like I discovered my comedy it's not stand-up mm-hmm. 
I'm a really good storyteller. I like to like feel like my storytelling is like prime and engaging. I feel like people enjoy when I tell a story, which plays out in a certain role. And then I'm like quirky funny. Yeah. But I'm not like stand-up comedy, like hand me a mic and I'm going to make you fucking laugh for the next two hours. I don't think I could handle that. I mean, that's a definite skill. Hell yeah, it's a skill. Like so, I remember looking at kids in my class too and just being like, just stand there and keep talking. I'm honestly like, you're just going to, I'm just going to keep laughing In in a positive, such a positive way. I think that's such a hard thing to do. And I always commended the people that were really just really good at stand up. And then you watch them evolve into film mm-hmm. and they're still just as hilarious. Whereas I would probably play like their weird quirky character first and then someone would give me a mic and be like, uh, so last night I um, was home with Vico <laughs> and, <laughs> and I ate a crepe. <laughs> but like I would never be able to engage the audience long enough. But okay, so my favorite question that I like to ask everybody because we're kind of wrapping this up is, if you could define self-care for you, what would that be? Baths. <laughs> really? I take so many baths. So Haven, my niece, I remember one time um, I pick up on FaceTime with her mm-hmm. as I'm living in New York. She's in California. And she manages to ask mom to FaceTime me, even when she was two to three years old. Or the jacuzzi at my gym. I love that. So it was a joke. It's like, Cheech, which bathtub are you in today? <laughs> and my boyfriend, he was just—I had a couple weeks ago. I had a bad morning. I yeah. Just woke up anxious. I couldn't shake it. And he was just like, "Take my coffee." Like, hold my beer. But you know, it was four thirty in the morning. Put a coffee down. Oh my god. And he just started me a bath. Aww. That's. Zone out. Yeah. Is there a glass of wine involved in this? Or not always? Oh, no. I'll, I took two baths yesterday. Um, wow. One at like 12.30. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, at nighttime. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, you know what's really sad is I don't have a bath here. I do have a great shower. I And I talk about that all the time. I say self-care isn't just about like taking baths or going to the spa, but I use that as a metaphor all the time. Mm-hmm. Like go take a bath. But for you, have we ever taken a bath? Not together. Not like you and James. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun story to tell. Chelsea, That's tell everyone about that story. So I was on tour in Philly. Uh-huh. And it, the proximity to New York allowed me to invite all of my best friends. Mm-hmm. So the week we were there on tour, everyone came in in waves. And you and my best friend Jane had never met before, but you knew of each other. Mm-hmm. So you both came in the same day and met. And then I think it was even, yeah, I think we met in the morning. And I had put in rehearsal or something so I had to be like hey it's Jane Stubbs it's Stubbs Jane bye and then I went to rehearsal and I came back to my hotel room and I walk in and I don't hear you guys I don't see you guys and I was like this is odd where are these bitches and um <clears throat> just like hey Jane Stubbs nothing and I just remember I slide the bathroom door open and you and Jane are sitting in a bubble bath, <laughs> facing each other, naked, <laughs> with two glasses of wine. Each. No, just kidding. Each. <laughs> like milkmaids. Like milkmaids. Just, it, it was, it had all these, it was like 3.30 in the afternoon. We were drinking like hard red. This, this was your uh, hard red. You just said hard red. <laughs> we were drinking hard red. Because it was like, you know, one of those moments. Oh my god, I'm turning like bright red. 
That was like one of those moments where I was like, yeah, it's winter. We'll drink red. And it was like in the bathtub. In a bathtub. Like, like it was a jacuzzi. I just remember all the moisture being sucked out of my my cheeks and my pores. Oh, oh, we're we're leading with this, are we? Yes. I told you. We're leading with that. Okay. So I'm glad you two have made yourself acquainted with. But I remember, I think you took a picture of us in the bathtub and then... I think I sent it to Doug, and he was like, wait, what? Why are you naked? <laughs> He's like, why can't I be in this picture naked with you in the bathtub and another lady drinking wine? I was like, well, you weren't invited. Don't drink hard red in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. I also think, I think there's a lot of other versions of self-care that I've noticed with you over time. And I will share this story, but I, I had you come here in the winter and all my friends have been so supportive and so wonderful also Chelsea's at my wedding party which I'm so excited I have like can we just say like drop dead gorgeous humans in this wedding party yeah it's gonna be very sexy and I'm sure as hell not gonna put you guys in ugly outfits like you would be wearing nice clothes don't worry I don't need I'm not nervous I'm secure with myself (laughs) like I want my friends to look hot so Chelsea comes in all gorgeous and drops her bags and she's in the first time this was what was it October or November something like that and we're sitting and I was like I'm kind of tired like I just because I have the dog I have to wake up early like I'm, I'm just very used to waking up at 6 30 so you know me being 32 has to crawl into bed around 10 30 or I'll pass out on the floor in the living room and wake up at 1 a.m and crawl into bed then mm-hmm. but because I don't have Doug to carry me anymore <laughs> verbatim always carried me to bed passed out all the time carried me to bed almost every night and I'd ask can you make a pit stop please (laughs) I need to brush my teeth and take my contacts out he goes well you should have thought of that before anyway you're sitting in here in the living room and I was like I think I'm gonna go to bed and we're drinking wine I'm very past my limit and I was like I'm gonna go to bed like and you're like I think I'm just gonna chill for a little longer I was like okay (laughs) So I come back out to get water maybe three hours later. And I've talked about this so many times, but we all love this. Is he as the character in the film or no? Um, he. I don't know if he's no. playing Ron Swanson. No, he is being himself. Okay. Oh, their podcast is great. Also, that's like another one of my favorite podcasts, yeah. In Bed with Nick and Megan. Oh. So Nick Offerman is sitting on repeat because it's not that long, but it's it's like eight or ten hours long of him in this like leather chair. Doug and I love this. We play this all the time when people come it's over during the winter. It's a YouTube video, and he's sitting in this leather chair just sitting there with a little scotch. little like slightly drunk smirk face. Just scotch by the fire. Scotch by the fire. And it's just eight to ten hours. It's like Yule Log, Nick Offerman. Yes. And every once in a while he picks up his glass and takes a sip and puts it back down and just stares there. And it's like Yule Log in the background because I don't have a fireplace, so I always put like a Yule Log on the background. That's like a form of self-care for me. I've always talked about lighting. I have to like light the room and I'll do my Palo Santos and light a candle and have tea lights all the time and like little fairy lights around and dim dimmers are like a huge plus for me at any place I'm ever looking at to move in. Mm -hmm. But having that fireplace in the wintertime and the Nick Offerman one is the one that we always do during the winter when friends come over because it's so funny. So I walk in, go to get a glass of water because I'm so fucking dehydrated from how much wine we drank. And Chelsea's still there watching Nick Offerman in in the dark, in silence, just sipping her wine. And, but that's like that was self-care you were like I have been doing so much for so long it's just so nice to just like come here be relaxed you had a lot of shit going on at that time mentally work-wise we're in a fucking pandemic like relationship-wise like there was a lot of stuff going on for you and just to sit there in silence I think sometimes shows a lot it's it's really hard to sit with our own thoughts mm-hmm. yeah. and that's why I think people resist meditation often or yoga often because they can't sit in their own thoughts because it's a dark place to go into sometimes. But there you were, Nick Offerman by your side, yeah. going into the deep. Yeah, I remember I, I like put my phone down and I just stared and I just let my brain go. And I felt 
safe here. It's so good. I didn't talk to anyone. Self-care-wise, I have a hard rule. I've had it um, even before tour, um, since I was working at Afton and then on tour, because tour, we were dark on Mondays, and then I didn't mm-hmm. work Mondays before. I do not talk to people on Mondays, and I do not make plans. Except today is Monday, and Ooh, she's chatting with a whole lot of you. A whole lot of you. But normally, I'll have a day where That's good. I'm not available. Liz Pacini, who was just on the show, too, she said... It was really hard for us to find a day that worked because I said I like to record on Mondays or Sundays. And she was like, Sunday's my self-care day. And I was like, never apologize. Like, I've had that with so many guests. And they're like, I'm so sorry I can't do it that day. And I'm like, do not apologize for your self-care day. Mm-hmm. I was like, we'll find a time. We'll find a moment. Those are just the days that I can because I work so many different jobs that those are the days that I can do all my work. Mm-hmm. I can blow my wad <laughs> and record. So oh, For your listeners... A quirky thing that I've been known to do for self-care, which is kind of weird, but hey, find your weird. Yeah. Um, I, before the shutdown, I used to go to baseball games by myself all the time. Oh, yeah, you did. That was my form of self-care. Why baseball games? What do you think it was? I enjoy the sport, genuinely. Okay. I enjoy the atmosphere. Um, I didn't have to talk to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the game. I like... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just the whole environment, the whole culture of it. I would just get on uh, TickPick, find myself a ticket, take the train out, and I would just sit, get a drink. Just get a enjoy. And just sit in the train. Did anyone ever try to, like, hit on you while you were there, though? Uh, not hit on me, no. I also have a major resting bitch face. And when I turn my energy off, it goes off. <laughs> so the bitch face comes on. <laughs> bitch face comes on, but it's also like I, I'm impenetrable <laughs> in many ways. <laughs> uh-huh. It is very clear. Like, I'm not open to right. banter. <laughs> sure. Um, so, yeah, that's a self-care thing that I've been known to do over the years. I feel like you're really... I feel like you do have a really good balance of that. And I, I say this often too, like if you need to kick back, kick your feet up and have a glass of, have a bottle or a liter. Hard red. Or a, I'm just going to keep plugging or, that. Or a hard, hard red. red. Or a box. I think that that's sometimes just what we need to do. And I know that like I had a big week last week. I shared that. I had a lot of people reach out to me. Um, saying either they listened to it, they thought it was amazing that I was vulnerable or whatever, but like sometimes you have to have that release, but like sometimes you also need to have the gal pal to drink the whole box of wine with. And so I couldn't be more grateful to have you in town right now. But if everybody wants to like check out all the fun places that you're at and follow your fun Instagram stories, because you're also a great photo taker. I need to see more of that stuff on your gram. But where would they find you and... Where are all the places that Chelsea is available on the interwebs? You can find me at Peachy Cheech. Peachy, like the stone fruit. <laughs> stone fruit? And Cheech, like Cheech and Chong. Um, yeah, I'm on Facebook, but I don't use it. Yeah, I'm not on Twitter. I can't do Twitter. I've talked about it a million times, but I think if you have only a limit of character, then that means that you probably shouldn't say what you're trying to say because you don't have enough time to explain it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was like really coming out of my mouth. Very passionate. Really fast. I don't like it. I just, I think that's why, I mean, I don't even want to get into politics, but I think that's why a lot of people get in trouble on, on Twitter. It's like they just say what they think so fast and they don't even go into detail explaining it. And then there's like a million threads and we're talking about it for so long. I, I linked up my Instagram with Twitter when Instagram started because that's kind of how you had to do it. Mm-hmm. So I look back on my in, on my Twitter account that I did have to make, and all it is is just pictures from my Facebook when or my Instagram when Instagram started, mm-hmm. and same with and same with Facebook. Like I just kind of fell off the track. I have the Facebook for our show, but that's not really the prominent place where you can find info about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm a one I'm a one social media gal like yourself. Yes. So we'll find you on the gram. Follow your fun stories. And check out all the fun things we're doing in Lancaster. But 
I'm so glad you came and did this with me. This was like, hey, this is, by the way, like a non-edited. Like there will really be no cuts, no edits, no nothing happening here. So it's kind of a vulnerable place to be. So thank you for doing that. Of course. Yeah. I love you. I love you. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into today's episode on the luxury of self-care. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to this channel on Apple Podcast or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening on. If you are on Apple Podcast and have a brief moment to leave me a five-star rating and a review, it truly helps me grow the show organically. I love hearing from you. In addition, you can find me and all updates on the show on Instagram at rumor underscore in underscore St. Petersburg. Yep, just like the Universal film Anastasia or like the Facebook page entitled The Luxury of Self-Care. If you would like to support this show, do not hesitate to reach out. Your small donation really helps me keep up the sustainability of each episode and all the marketing that goes into this show. Lastly, I just wanted to thank you so much for all of your love and all of your support. And as always, for tuning in.